Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Basketball. I'm Sean Woodley. And I'm Katie Heindel. And today's show is brought to you by Rashid Wallace, who on this day in 2004 re-signed with the defending champion Detroit Pistons to stick around there for a good long time. Uh, Katie, I was looking through the timeline of Rashid Wallace's career on ESPN.com this morning, uh, a good resource for this uh, finding dates that are important to Rashid Wallace thing. And the write-up here is pretty messed up. It says July 23rd, 2004, Detroit re-signs Rashid Wallace, who will turn 30 by the beginning of the season. Dumars, Joe Dumars, doesn't leverage the fact that few teams have cap room. Instead, he maintains he'll pay Wallace based on his production. Good job, Joe Dumars, for not being a ghoul, I guess. That is a weird way to put it, ESPN.com. Wait, they, wait, what do you mean? He's only going to pay him based on how well he performed? No, so basically that, that, that he did pay mm. how uh, based on how well he performed, which is good. He 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 paid him, you know, in, in in line with his market value. What ESPN is suggesting here is that because few teams around the league had cap space, this was an opportunity for the Pistons to lowball Rasheed Wallace because he wasn't going to receive offers elsewhere. And ESPN seems to be criticizing Joe Dumars for not taking advantage of that leverage that he had, uh, which is whack, even for ESPN. Very strange. Oh, that's I mean, that's shitty for for everybody. That's bad mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. All those people, except for Rashid. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shout out to Rashid. Um, I wonder, Katie, I was thinking this week as we saw actual real basketball games return to our lives. I mean, basketball games, quote unquote. Um, Not they're, me. They're very strange. I didn't watch them. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the games either, but I, I did see a couple highlights. And I was thinking, 
I wonder how Rashid would play in like one of these games where there's no crowd and like everything is mic'd up and you can hear the players word for word. How would Rashid Wallace fit in in that world of the NBA? I think he would be a wonderful sort of mic'd up guy to have. They'd probably have to have like a a five minute tape delay to to you know take out the swears or something like that. But I think it would be lovely to have Rashid Wallace with no crowd drowning out his wonderful voice. Is everybody mic'd up or is it just there's no ambient background sound so you can the mics are picking up players talking? People are, I think that's the thing is yeah. yeah, they're not actually mic'd up. I think some coaches might be mic'd up uh throughout the the playoffs. I don't think they've done the whole rigging of microphones and lav mics in the uh <laughs> like these you know weird 40 minute scrimmages, but I do think we'll see some of that. But yeah, it is mostly just like hearing them through the quiet and like the echo of an of an empty arena that we're hearing them speak out, which would be great to hear Rashid Wallace. I I still uh contend I don't think it would change anything, though. I feel like he, it, it, regardless of the the background, the noise or not, I feel like he'd still be playing the same style uh, he always played. You can't change that guy. He's just like he's oh. he's himself through and through. Um, I think the league would do a disservice to him and it, itself if they had any type of delay. You just gotta let mm-hmm. that guy flow freely through whatever verbal response. <laughs> And physical response he's going to have. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, the NBA would certainly screw it up by putting in that tape delay uh, to get rid of swears and, uh, you know, things that he says or any player says. But, uh, yeah, he would be perfect, I think, for just, like, getting to hear everything that Rashid Wallace says on a floor, which was a lot, if you recall. Um, Katie, how was your week? It's uh, It's been a weird one. It's been, I think, a little bit less despair-filled than a lot of weeks, um, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I've been a little bit less online. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's been not an encouraging week because nothing is encouraging about anything ever, but I feel like I've done less doom scrolling this week. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. My, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to summarize Here, ruin this. My, ruin my good vibes. Let's go. Fire it up. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say it's important, I think, to have people in your life who can kind of set you straight if you're, especially if you're getting too deep into your own kind of like (sighs) despair or just like, I don't know, uh, emotional burnout maybe, or just like way too into your own head. A prime example I'm happy to share publicly uh, is yesterday. uh, Okay. Sorry. I have to backtrack this a little bit. I had it, my okay. G1 when I was 16, but it expired because I always, I moved around a lot. And I, when I did, I lived in places where I didn't really need it or friends had cars. And then when I moved back to Toronto, like most people I know in the city, a lot of them don't have licenses or like they have them, but they don't mm-hmm. use them. So my G1 eventually just expired. So I just straight up don't have it and I need to get it back again. And I was all set to go before the pandemic hit. And then you can't, and now you can go again, but because Every teenager is just like out with nothing to do. Uh, I don't know if you've seen videos, but there's like videos of like drive centers where you go to like do your G1 test and they're just like backed Mm -hmm. up to the point where they close the doors at like 10 a.m. And they're like, we're we're like at capacity. Sorry to like these hundreds of teenagers lined up outside. Very unruly. So Dylan was like, you shouldn't go. He's like, I I think you should wait a bit. I was like, "Uh, whatever, fine. But I was like, man. Yesterday I was like, he was like, what do you want to do this weekend? And I was like, I don't know, man, maybe just like take the 
take the car and tr- drive it off the bluffs <laughs> because <laughs> I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself. Um, and then he looked at me and he said, not in my car. So I feel like <laughs> things like that are important because we both started laughing really hard. And I was like, true, like I got to get I can't even rent a car with a G1 and drive it off a cliff because you're not allowed to do that with the G1. So it just helped. It was just a moment. All that story to just say, you know, that helped put a bit of like a bummer beginning of a week in perspective for me. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit better. I don't know what it is right now. I'm just like kind of <laughs> oscillating between like, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm making progress. Like things are moving forward to like every day is the same. Nothing matters. Yeah, I'm really feeling the every day is the same thing. That is for damn sure. And like this is partly due to my own sort of like actions like I could easily uh, go and do exercise or something like that to change my day from you know working on the couch for six hours and then recording a couple podcasts and then playing some FIFA and then watching a baking show and then going to bed like I'd certainly it's within my agency to change things but I the thought of doing so uh, overwhelms me (laughs) just kind of am stuck in the routine it's honestly weird that I you know, we're seeing sports come back like literally this week. The our, our beloved Toronto Raptors play a scrimmage on Friday night. Uh, there were scrimmages, as we mentioned yesterday and today. Baseball apparently starts today somehow, uh, even though like the Blue Jays don't know where they're playing and they've been trying to like change the playoff format in the hours leading up to opening pitch. Don't doesn't make sense. But like with all that happening, I feel like the change to my schedule and routine is coming. And that is also overwhelming me a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like having to like pencil in watch sports into my schedule and stuff like that because it's just not been part of the routine for the last four or five months it's uh it's all a strange sensation katie is uh is what i'm trying to say i guess it's uh we're trying our <laughs> now best I'm back. we're yeah. trying our best everybody. i was feeling good and now i'm uh <laughs> again the oscillations it's it's very real it happens minute by minute um, I will say like this week I felt a lot more human and like my brain is less like mushed because I'm not hosting morning radio for the first time in four months. And that just like completely screwed me up for the entirety of quarantine uh, in a way. Um, so you're going to get probably a less deranged version of me on this podcast, which I suppose is good or maybe bad for the uh, integrity of the show. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's just all very weird. And I don't know how to process any of the stuff and I don't know how to process sports coming back and I don't know how to process the slow reopening of things. It's because uh, I, I went to get like, a haircut this week for the first time and that felt very nice and good. And then I was also like, that was scary in some ways. And I maybe should have not done that. I don't know. <sighs> all I was going to say was everybody needs someone to tell them they can't drive off a cliff in their car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah i'm glad that you have that person um i haven't gotten to the let's drive off the bluffs point just yet but um i do think let's drive off the bluffs just it can be your to, proverbial bluffs yeah. it <laughs> it doesn't need to be like the literal interpretation of that it can just be you know something that You've been staring off of some precipice, even if it's like mentally in your mind, if it's some task mm-hmm. you haven't done, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This I, is I feel a self-help like- show now. <laughs> 
depending on the tenor of the show as we go through this, uh, Drive Off the Bluffs might end up being the title of the podcast. So uh, we'll jot that down as a potential. Um, <laughs> uh, what you should jot down, everybody, is patreon.com slash basketball. It's the place you should go if you want to be part of our Patreon community. We have a wonderful community of listeners, and we very much appreciate every single one of you. we got the Discord chat. Uh, once we get to 30 patrons, we are going to do monthly mailbag episodes as well. Uh, so please uh, consider throwing us $4 to get in on there. We're also planning some fun events, perhaps. Hmm? Just uh, you know, just throwing that out there. That will involve everyone safe yeah, very events. safe events, not seeing people or anything like that, unless it's virtually. Hmm. Uh, so there's an idea that uh, you know, keep keep in your head if you're unsure as to whether or not you want to be part of the uh, basketball Patreon community. The fact that you might get to see us on a Zoom call, perhaps doing something fun. I think that should probably be the the selling the selling point, or we're gonna lose all of our patrons. Whatever. Either way, uh, please consider <laughs> signing up at Patreon.com/slash/basketball. We appreciate every single person who is on there, and every single person who will be on there in the future. Uh, you're part of our little family here on the podcast, um, Katie. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. I think it's gonna be a bit of a lighter week than we've had in recent weeks, where we've been just sort of you know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. How did we just start? You know. So like. We'll oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Again, minute by minute roller coaster of emotions uh, is the entirety of quarantine and all of this stuff. So uh, no promises, but we are going to get into um, you know actual basketball games happening. Sort of again, quote unquote basketball games taking place yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about national anthem police. We're going to talk about uh, injuries. Which yeah, okay, this is going to get sad. I'm sure we're going to talk about guys leaving the bubble for emergency reasons. Yep, spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. Uh, we're going to get into all that, but we're going to save it with some talk of uh mascot theory that is the the segment we have planned for the middle bringing it back after we did our full deep dive on benny the bull it felt like time to uh look at another mascot not going to tell you who but it is someone very topical as it relates to the disney bubble and then we have a segment we're trying out this week that i'm extremely excited for it's cloaked in secrecy from both sides and uh we will explain that once we get to it but it is inspired by hassan whiteside and his recent instagram story that is uh, what we got coming up. Let's get to it here on the podcast. Stick around. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Katie, let's dig into some headlines from the last week or so. The NBA bubble life, I think, has calmed down a little bit. The fishing fad has, I think, uh, sort of the, the cream have risen, I would say, in terms of the uh, the good fishermen down on the bubble. Paul George is out there uh, catching big ones. Norm Powell's out there catching enormous tuna. Uh, those are the two best fishermen down in the bubble, I would assume. Um, of course, Norm Powell did not catch a tuna. That was good Photoshop by him. Um, but there's still news coming out of the bubble, of course, less to do with sort of the novelty of life down there and more just sort of with the reality of life down there. Um, I guess we can start positively before we get into some sort of less uh, uplifting stuff. Uh, no positive player tests in the bubble over the last week. There have been, I believe, something like 346 players tested, uh, players and personnel tested and zero positive tests inside the bubble, which is, uh, I think, surprising, probably considering the number of guys who were coming from all over the country and hotspots and things like that, considering the number of positive tests we had outside of the bubble and considering the fact that MLS had two teams have to withdraw because they had uh, outbreaks on their teams after arriving in the bubble as well. Um, So I don't know, Katie, this was good news. You know, it doesn't make it all okay by any means, and there's still plenty of potential for things to go wrong, but uh, not a bad way to sort of lead into the return of basketball, I would say. It kind of Again, doesn't wash away all of the moral conundrums of doing this in a state where uh, the healthcare system is under tremendous burden and a country that seems to have just like forgotten the virus exists and is okay with hundreds of thousands of people dying. But in terms of the bubble itself, this was pretty good news. It's good. I mean, for I was going to say for every good point, there's a, a, a questionable counterpoint, which was the specificity of the wording that like no players tested positive. If you saw something that said staff, that's great. Cause I did it. And I first, I was kind of like, uh, what about, yeah. What about staff? What about, um, people who work at Disney and like within this bubble who, I mean that more from a, of a place that the league should be trying their best to protect those people too. Uh, so yeah, of course, like I'm thrilled like that's very heartening. I think last week we were talking about this as a concern um, of like, I'd like to see them like releasing results and then they did. So that's great. So yeah, like I'm, of course I'm happy. I'm still skeptical and nervous. Um, and it would be nice to know if the results of like any wider testing, because I guess the, the thing is, I don't know the protocol. So like say someone working at this, like, You've, you've seen videos, so I assume everyone's like been watching some stories. So you can see there's some restaurants guys can go to, like on the park grounds. There's like places they can sort of frequent. 
What happens if like one of those people test positive? Does Disney just fire them and get a replacement? Like those are the things I'm kind of wondering yeah. about. Like, are there securities in place for those people, or is this protection to the point where, you know, if you threaten, quote unquote, threaten the like sanctity of the bubble, are you just dropped? <laughs> I hope not. I would hope not as well. I feel like that would be like very very bad optically well, that, if that was to be the case. Uh, yeah. and, and here's the thing is. We know that the people at Disney are not actually being tested outside of the bus drivers per Malika Andrews uh, when she was on Zach Lowe's podcast last week talking about sort of life down in the bubble. It sounds as though everyone else, you know, on the grounds between their security staff they have, between the restaurant workers and whatnot, they are not being tested. So they could very well be positive and we would have no idea because they're not being tested every single day. They're being screened from Mm -hmm. the sounds of it. But um, that's still a potential like leakage point if you're thinking about how the virus might get in and produce some positive tests down the line. But, you know, the fact that they've gone now two weeks there with all these Disney employees not being tested and none of the players have tested positive is, I, I guess, encouraging. Although, yeah, like it, the, the the people who are always going to be screwed by this were not the players who have, you know, a, a lot of money and access to health care and are going to be tested every single day. It was always the Disney employees, which has always been my biggest sort of hang up with doing this is, you know, these are real regular people who, you know, instead of the government just like giving them money to survive at home and not have to, you know, go and risk their lives to work, they're being forced to work. And, you know, they, they don't really have a choice in the matter because they haven't worked in however long uh, because Disney's been shut down and there's no safety net in that godforsaken country. So I don't know. It, it's that's still like all of my moral sort of hang ups with it still apply it is again not so much to do with the players themselves although the you know like it sucks that they don't don't get to see their families and whatnot they all have signed up for it and they seem mostly pretty into it it's the people who don't really have a choice who are just kind of forced back into working who are always the people who are at most risk and the people who kind of made me the queasiest when it comes to putting this thing on so yeah i mean like now the thing is like real it's like real life how is real life going to encroach on the bubble? I think is like now that they've sort of got mm-hmm. all right, we're we're doing testing. The testing seems to be working. Guys are um, whatever protocols they have in place, like they're going to keep on with those, or like in some cases, not lessen them, maybe like height like heighten them. But now there's this thing of like, okay, but the rest of the world is going to affect this experiment, and you're seeing that now with like players that have had to leave due to family emergencies. So like Zion Williamson, Patrick Beverly, Montrose Harrell all left very recently due to family emergencies, not disclosed, but you know, a part of me was wondering, I was like, are those COVID related, right? Like just, this is just my perspective of someone looking at the United States from outside of it. Um, I don't like that like my mind goes there first, but it did. So what happens then? Like, of course they gotta leave, like they gotta leave and be with their families if they need them for whatever reason. Uh, But then like, they've got to come back. And I saw something that was a little bit, this made me think about it in a more, way more bleak, from a way more bleak perspective, because it was about Mm -hmm. the restart, like the game's actually restarting. And would Zion be back in time? Uh, And if he wasn't like, what does that mean for broadcast? And ratings, because mm-hmm. we know that the Pelicans, part of the reason the Pelicans were like they pushed for this so many teams was so the Pelicans could get in, so they could have Zion 
uh, be a part of the bubble because like, as we all know, his career, his like debut year in the NBA was derailed by like no fault of his own. Just like, you know, it seemed like one thing after another, right? Like the poor guy can't, couldn't get your break this season. Uh, and now again, it's just like, he's got, he's got something else that's kind of like come up to interrupt that. And it's a weird thing of like, what do you value? You're like, is this the NBA is this his like NBA career being interrupted or is his life being interrupted by the NBA at this point? Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess it's like how you weigh it and how you value it. And I think like, uh, if there's anything like if they do any kind of like schedule rejigging to switch up the Pelicans, because they'll need to get him back in the bubble and then he'll need to be quarantined for, I think it's like four days they require in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do any like schedule changes to reflect that, like even sneakily, I'll be kind of upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're like, there's not much room for changing things around right now. Right. They're working on such a, short you don't time think frame. so. But like when you move, like when you move, like it's not hell and high water yet, but like when the, the whole, a, a large part of the bubble was contingent on Zion being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the league made some changes. Yeah. I, I mean, like it would that. be like extremely like of Zion's rookie year for him to miss like his first game. It was supposed to be, you know, ring night for the Raptors and it was supposed to be Zion's first game. And that was built up as this enormous thing. Then that didn't happen, obviously. And then for him to miss the opener of this as well, again, for something that's out of his control. Um, it and, is, and Summer like, League before that, too. Yeah, Summer League, too. And, like, earthquakes happening while he was doing Summer League. Like, it's, yeah, it's, and everyone should go read Katie's Year None piece on Zion. I believe that was your first Year None piece, right? It was wonderful. Um, so people should it go was. read that. It was. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I almost expected at this point for him not to be there for that first game, just the way things have gone for him this year. And it sucks. Um, and, yeah, you're totally right. Like, if the Pelicans were in, you know, 15th in the West, I don't think we see 22 teams because you can't really finesse it to the point where you can justify the Pelicans being there. And this was the way to justify it. And, like, the reason that, like, the the Spurs and Kings and Suns are in it is that they were kind of close to the Pelicans in the standings. And so they're almost, like, cover for just, like, blatantly putting the Pelicans in. I, I don't think it's, you know, past the NBA to sort of make their plans kind of hinge on having Zion involved, which, like, fair enough. I mean, he's incredible to watch. He's a lot of fun. And people are fascinated by him, rightfully. And the Pelicans are an interesting team. And so, like, I get it from the NBA side of things in, like, a ghoulish sort of, like, you know, financially inspired way. Um, but, yeah, like, there's no way that this goes down in the same way in terms of the format if if they're not sort of in the position they are. And it will be, I, I think we'll highlight the sort of, and I think we've already highlighted the ridiculousness of having 22 teams, right? With so many teams not having their guys. We have, like, the Sacramento Kings falling apart at the seams with a million injuries. Um, you know, just having more people in the bubble amplifies the risk, of course. And, you know, it was all done in the name of Zion. And for him not to be there, obviously, you know, more than anything else, I hope things are, are okay with his family. Um, and, you know, take as long as you need, dude. But I, I think it is, uh, we're getting close to the time here where he's not going to be able to play like if he's not back in the bubble by like today I think it's pretty much out the window that he's going to be able to play at least to start and you know every day this is such a short time frame every day he's not there it really cuts into the amount of time he will actually be able to play and then again you call into sort of was this even worth it and you know it's that's going to be the question I think we're asking all the way through is was this even worth it I just hope they're like 
dude, there's literally no pressure mm-hmm. for you to come back. Yeah. You know, like whatever's going on, like they know what's going on or like as much as he needs to disclose to them. But I hope there isn't like, well, if you could be back by this day, that would be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope they're just like, whatever happens, happens. If you don't make it back, if you got to like be with your family through this, then you should do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other guys had to leave the bubble due to family emergencies. Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, once again, hope everything is okay with them as well. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't even like really care about the on-court implications of this stuff because it's like, who really cares? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I'm sure some people will be like, what does this mean for the Clippers' chances of winning the title? And it's like, eh, I, I hope Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell's families are okay. Um, and they come back whenever the hell they want. And if they don't come back at all, they're probably right to do that as well. So. Um, uh, any last thoughts on uh, on those guys? No, just that I'm thinking of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, really the only <laughs> correct response to this kind of thing. Uh, hope everything is okay. Take all the time that you need. Um, Katie, we did... Because they're s- definitely listening to, to Abs- this. Oh, of course. Pa- Patrick Beverly is a huge uh, basketball fan. He's really waiting for us to put out merch so he can buy t-shirts. Um, <laughs> uh, we, even though some guys are not in the bubble, there are games taking place, of course. Yesterday, we saw the first of a couple scrimmages, including the Clippers against the Magic. Uh, I think the Heat played a game against the Kings, and we also saw the very weird Denver Nuggets playing only big men in their starting five because they really only have two non-big men on their team right now available. Uh, and they started bowl bowl at the three, which was really fun. Um, so they they played against the Washington Wizards. Uh, the main, I think, sort of intrigue with these games was not the actual basketball. I didn't watch these games. I'm not going to lie. My whole motto is life is too short for preseason sports. That applies to uh, the, the pandemic restart as well. Don't really care for preseason sports unless it's like my job to cover it. Um, but it was nice to see some highlights, see some actual players on the court. Uh, the main, I think, sort of response and, and talking point of these games was not so much the on-court stuff, but it was the presentation of it all. People were fascinated by how it's all going to look. Um, Katie, from everything that you've seen, is there anything that particularly stands out? I have some things I want to discuss, but I'll turn it over to you first if there's <laughs> anything that uh, particularly caught your eye from whatever social posts you saw of what went down yesterday. I mean, I saw first, like, the Heat did a little preview um, before anyone, like, before the game was happening of just, like, all of those kind of layered mm-hmm. wraparound LED screens they put up. And they had different, like, Vice uh, Vice City uniforms, or not uniforms, just, like, colorways mm-hmm. and logos, like, going on at different times. And I thought they were probably just testing the screens, but it looked really cool because <laughs> it looked insane. Um, mm-hmm. And I liked that. It was like definitely over the top, but I, I had forgotten, to be honest, about this question of like, I thought we'd actually, to be honest, I thought everyone would just kind of get past it. Like we wouldn't really be, you know, like they'd <laughs> figure out how to frame the broadcast, like the camera angles. So you don't really see um, the stands or you see a couple of rows of stands where you mm-hmm. where players can watch because like that's fine, too. Right. Um, but I wasn't really thinking, nor did I really care anymore about what they were going to do to like emulate a regular like gameplay experience for the players because one, I don't think a lot of them pay that much attention um, really once they start playing, which like Lou Williams said that after the game, <laughs> he's like, I heard, I heard it at first, but <laughs> once we started playing, I, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention anymore. Um, so I don't know. I thought like, you're telling me that thunder sticks <laughs> behind the, the, the basket don't affect no, I free don't throws. Think they work. <laughs> 
Sorry to break it to everybody. And that's like a line item in a lot of teams' budgets that could get cut and like spent elsewhere, to be honest, in terms of giveaways. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I'll have to see this more. Like, I'm sure they're fine. Whatever they're doing, they're fine tuning right now through these scrimmages. You know, like that's also what this is kind of like mm-hmm. an AV test for broadcast as well. Uh, so I guess I'd be more curious to see what they do once the season, quote, I guess it's not quote, it's for real. The season does get started again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm curious to know your strong thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they put in on the Heat game this like wraparound screen with what looked like a college crowd chanting along. It's I guess you couldn't use a Miami Heat crowd because uh, guess what? Their crowds suck. Um, but they it's like a college crowd that's like constantly chanting like defense or uh, just like cheering the team on when they're on offense. And I guess this would be the home team is allowed to provide this for the in-arena experience because the Heat were the home team technically for their game yesterday. Um, so maybe that's like an interesting sort of nugget uh, to keep in mind for the playoffs if teams are going to go this route. Uh, but basically, the Heat had like this like very loud video playing on this wraparound screen of this like college crowd, and it resembled a crowd kind of all right. And like to me, my favorite part of crowds in sporting events is just like the ambient noise they provide. I don't know. I just kind of like the buzz. I like the sort of oohs and ahs and stuff. And it seemed like they did an okay job of like lining it up properly. The thing that I love about this, and there were a lot of people who were like, we don't need this. We just want to watch distilled basketball. And I'm like, no, let's have some dumb fun with this if we can. And the thing I really love is the potential for things to go horribly wrong in the production side. I'm just envisioning some like 22-year-old intern who's running the board accidentally playing like a booing sound from the crowd as like Jimmy Butler hits a game winning three or something and it just like doesn't match up and like that to me is really fun and I look forward to the the potential of production errors in this and it's just like it's silly it's dumb it kind of gives some sense of normalcy while also underscoring how absurd the entire thing is um I I love the fake crowd chance I want to see more fake sort of like piped in ways in which they're they're trying to make it seem like a normal basketball game despite nothing being normal even a little bit like this goes back to my mascot thing where i think they should be essential personnel they should be there they should be firing t-shirt cannons into this screen um like it's i want more of it katie i just i just want more of the stupid dumb artificial stuff because uh it again it's normal with while being the most abnormal thing i've maybe ever seen one thing i did just think of while you were Mm-hmm. Explaining your stance, gleefully yeah. running yeah, yeah. through my opinion. Was why yeah. don't they like the home teams really psychologically lean into this um, for advantage? Mm-hmm. So like, why don't they have someone figure out the fears of every other player on the opposing team, like sharks or clowns or like someone they hate, you know, for no reason, like mm-hmm. their their personal enemy from like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and and put those on the screens, like have them just kind of flash up in weird intervals that aren't specifically timed. So it's not like they'll know when to like look away if they get wise to it. Um, yeah, just mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. piping in frightening sounds as well. You know, I'm a big fan of the Halloween yeah, you know soundtracks <laughs> in general, like the spooky chains and the bubbling cauldrons. So do that and then overlaid with like images of uh, terror. I like it. Yeah, I like the idea of like a team working in that they're on their video when the shot clock gets down to like three or something like that. 
um, you know, as the team that that they're defending is trying to get a good shot off. You know, you know those like viral videos, like they're very early internet videos where it's like, hey, look at this nice uh, this story about this woman who lost her husband at sea, and if you look closely at this room, you can see the silhouette of a ghost, and then it just like screams at you, uh, <laughs> with, like a horrifying image. Have that pop up with three seconds left just to screw up the other team. Um, that sounds like a good way to to use this to your advantage. Like, yeah, I think. They've been trying to think of ways to give home court advantage to these teams, you know, lots of different things like you get to pick the hotel you're in or whatever it is. Um, I think, uh, you know, getting to screw around with this wraparound video board thingy is uh, maybe the best possible way to do it. And now I really want like the Raptors to ensure they have home court against Boston in the second round so they can like troll Gordon Hayward with like poorly played uh you know <laughs> world of warcraft games and stuff like that so he gets distracted and is like that's not how you do that i would never do it like that um i, I don't know there's there's many different ideas here that's a pretty bad one that i just came up with to be honest but <laughs> i was um, like i don't think that guy's playing world of warcraft i think he's playing like call of duty okay i think a legal i think he's league of legends i'm always confused as to what games are what um but yeah, yeah. Th- like anything to distract Gordon Hayward with video games, I think is probably a good idea. So yeah, lean into it. Have fun with it. <laughs> Be super weird. The people I like, I find there's like a quite the overlap of people who are like, we want distilled basketball. We want nothing going on outside of this. And it's also like the same people who a have like salary cap brain and B were like the biggest champions of returning to the bubble because basically basketball is all they know. And so uh, like that, that Venn diagram is mostly just a circle. And uh, I think people need to have more fun with it. Just uh, lean into it a little bit, get stupid because this all is very stupid. Why act like it's not? I agreed. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of uh, stupid, there were some injuries this week, um, which is not great, obviously. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's a sort of bubble related thing or if it's just injuries that happen in the regular course of basketball. I think it's probably too early to tell. But Justice Winslow uh, was the first play related injury in the bubble. He's going to be out for the season. And that sucks. He's he was hurt all year. We haven't really seen him playing with the Grizzlies. That Grizzlies team is super fun and taking one fun element out of it is a bummer. Um, and hopefully Justice Winslow is OK and can come back because he's been dogged by injuries for quite a while here, um, which, again, kind of makes it unclear to me is like this. Is this a return to play thing or is just this, you know, Justice Winslow gets hurt a bunch thing? Um, what was your reaction to this, Katie, other than, you know, hey, that that's that sucks ass. Um, do you have any sort of grander thoughts about injuries in the bubble? We saw Marvin Bagley get hurt, too. A couple guys in the Kings actually have gone down. Um, you know, it, it's still early days, but I, I don't know. I, I have no idea how to feel about this this side of the things. I mean, that would phrase would never be my reaction because I hate, it's a gross phrase to me. I hate it. <laughs> so I would never say that. It does suck. Um, and it's kind of. Like it's it's a sort of exactly what I was worried about. And I think we talked about before things got started, just like the potential that, you know, injuries might not come from games. They might come from practices and scrimmages and just like mm-hmm. players getting back into shape, like playing shape after not for so long. So I don't know that it it's not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I, I really hate being right in this case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still think there's, you know, injuries happen in preseasons too, right? Like, so I don't, I, I think it's I know, but preseasons tell, feel but less like, cursed was, than like yeah. this does already. So I think like you can't totally. divorce, like you can't really divorce the feeling of like things going wrong and guys having mm-hmm. to leave the bubble with like the bubble, the overarching mm-hmm. feeling of the bubble itself. Um, I just hope, you know, I just hope yeah. that no one else, no one else gets hurt like throughout all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we've seen, you know, that like these things carry an extra heft because of what mm. you said, right? Because everything is inside the bubble and because, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, thing that goes wrong inside the bubble is amplified by that fact. Like, so yeah, you're, you're totally right there. It's hard to divorce the two. Um, you know, I would, I, I hope that teams are being smart about this. I, I think I'm kind of growing more of the belief that teams are really going to take the eight games to just kind of like ease into things and make sure guys aren't pulling hammies and whatnot and just get people back up to conditioning. I, like I'm just looking at the standings and so few teams actually have something to play for right now that I, I just, I don't think it's going to be like terribly competitive basketball. It's going to be more just like, you know, competitive conditioning for a lot of these teams, which I, I think I'm happy with. I'm glad they're not going to be going full bore um, in most cases right from the jump. Uh, because that's, I feel like, how you uh, have soft tissue injuries and stuff. As a doctor myself, uh, <laughs> that's uh, kind of, it, it seems like a, a way to sort of invite trouble. So um, hopefully this is just like an extended preseason and they can kind of get up to speed for the playoffs and be able to play full bore. But yeah, it, it's constantly going to be something in your head, right? And, you know, that's, you know, combined with the fact that positive tests are constantly something that's going to be in your head. And hopefully all of those things can be avoided. Uh, speaking of uh, injuries slash medical exemptions slash, you know, the coronavirus, Liz Cambage of the WNBA uh, received a medical exemption from the bubble. Katie, you want to sort of fill the people in on this one? I am not as familiar with this story. What's up? Yeah, we're skipping bubbles. <laughs> we're floating over to an adjacent bubble. Um, but basically, she received medical exemption um, from her team doctor on the ACEs. From what I could tell, it's because mm-hmm. she got very sick in the spring um, while she was playing in China. And she said she's gone on record a couple of times and said she thought that that sickness was coronavirus. She had pneumonia. Um, she just like felt like shit and she felt bad for a long time. So the weirder thing about this, just like given what we talked about last week, um, is that the WNBA said it's not going to question the ACES team doctors on this or put uh, her file before their medical panel. Mm-hmm. So basically just like a total 180 <laughs> Yeah. from like their last, like just basically not requiring their like, t- I don't, I don't know. I want to say crackpot team of doctors, but I'm sure they're all fine doctors in their own right, <laughs> but that they're just like going with the team on this. So I wonder if this is like partially fallout or like what this is, but this, it just seemed it just seemed very strange. Yeah. It, you know, the WNBA has not been consistent on this, obviously. We talked about Elena Deladon last week. Uh, it did come out that the Washington Mystics are just going to pay Elena Deladon, so that's good. Which is um, great. But that but doesn't absolve yeah. the WNBA. You still want yeah. answers of, yeah. like, it what what is, like, a, what is grounds for a medical exemption? Because it seems like it's a little bit of a slippery slope, if, like, clear at all, which mm-hmm. is not. So 
I don't know. And like, I, I love Liz Cambage, so I want her to be safe. <laughs> and if her team doctor feels like this, that's not the place for it, that's fine. But I, you also want like everyone to be safe. You don't want people to, to feel like they've got to back up their own, you know, come with like four different doctor recommendations to the WNBA board yeah. and then say like, okay, I don't really think this person should play. She has Lyme disease. And then them to be like, eh, I don't know. And then like Liz, they're just like, well, if she thought she had COVID before, just like knowing what we know about the disease, which is not much, like, is she more susceptible? Is she the same amount of susceptible? Let's not take that risk. Like that's a good stance, Mm -hmm. but you have to have those kinds of stances across the board. Yeah. There's not like a a grade of like, horrible diseases Mm -hmm. that make you like which it feels like maybe they have like a ladder of diseases in the WNBA offices that which you can't really have about a disease that no one knows really anything about in the grand scheme of things exactly you can't say like oh well (laughs) if you have Lyme disease chances are COVID's not gonna fuck your shit up but like it probably will too it's gonna fuck everybody's shit up who's like a little bit more medically susceptible or even not so that that part I just like they got to get a handle on it. Yeah, it's like ranking uh, the different alien races by how likely they are to destroy us without knowing any of the alien yes. races. Um, yes, you know. it's exactly yeah, like it's that. Very dumb. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's that's my medical analysis on that. Again, a doctor is me. Um, and th- yeah, like like I said, good for the mystics for paying Elena Deladon. Also, it's not something to be congratulated necessarily because it's two hundred thousand dollars and Ted Leonsis is a billionaire. And if he didn't do that, then it would have been. Uh, uh, pretty heinous so uh good for doing the the right and only thing ted leonsis but um that again does not absolve the wnba of their inconsistency so hopefully they, they can uh figure that shit out also Wait. uh the wnba starts oh, on saturday yeah. so what's up oh i was just gonna yeah. say do you hear that sound that distant sound of sirens Oh, it's the National Anthem Police. (laughs) And Mark Cuban is here to take him to task. Oh, man. Yeah, that's as good a segue as I've ever heard, Katie. So thank you for that. (laughs) Mark Cuban wants to reform the National Anthem Police. (laughs) Or probably abolish them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. There's. It seems like a more an abolish than a uh, pump more money into for education type of thing. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell people about the national anthem police that Mark Cuban is very worried about? Yeah. First, I gotta say I'm all here for Mark Cuban's. Like, I really hope this is not like virtue signaling. I hope this is just like Cuban on his like woke glow up, so to speak, and he's just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm. I am a rich man, and I've done some real questionable things and i may have like you know vouched for some really shitty people in the past but that stops that stopped like in the pandemic because he's kind of been behaving i'd say pretty positively Mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic yeah um so i mean not to to put too fine a point i'm not like holding my breath just like and i'm not like you know mark cuban could really fuck this up any other day he's like a he's a is he a millionaire or a billionaire He's definitely a millionaire. He is certainly a billionaire. Oh, he's a good. Okay. So, and, yeah. and I think you just should never put uh, your own moral standings in the hands of a billionaire. So, aside mm-hmm. from that, um, I was pretty heartened, though, to see Mark Cuban just like fire off a tweet this week where he said, The national anthem police in this country are out of control. 
If you want to complain, complain to your boss and ask why they don't play the national anthem every day before you start work. And this was in response to like a radio host, uh, like a talk show host. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who who I can speak for as one. Uh, radio hosts are dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was basically just like he he couldn't. This guy was just like aghast that like there was any talk about the national anthem being like um, in conflict or that people were even talking about maybe it shouldn't play. Like maybe players are going to kneel like in the bubble. Uh, But this guy said like the minute one player kneels during the anthem, I am out. And then he he, his mistake was (laughs) was tagging Cuban in this because he said, surely Cuban can lead the way for the Mavs to do whatever gesture they wish. Hence why Mark Cuban said, you know what? No, abolish the National Anthem Police. Fuck the National Anthem. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't say that, but he's almost there. And to be fair, he makes a great point. There is no other job where they play the National Anthem <laughs> every day before you sit down at your desk or go to do whatever you do at your place of work, because that would be so messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be extremely stupid. Um, I, I, Like... Just like the anthem before basketball games is extremely stupid and has no real rooting in like modern day. It's like a wartime thing. That's where it started. It's just like it's fucking insane to me. Like we don't even have to have the conversation anymore because it's so dumb. Like people don't sit down when they're at the game themselves like or don't stand up when they're at the game themselves. They're like getting food or going to the bathroom or whatever it is like it's just it's all dumb grandstanding by dumb people who don't understand the point of anything and have not been listening for the last four years as to why anthem protests happen. And um, as much as I, I don't like it when people like dunk on people online and like share their dumb tweets and then like make fun of them for it. Um, I'm glad Mark Cuban did this one because it at least shows that one owner in the NBA is uh, is not sort of still respect the flagging um because god that's uh have you man i'm just scrolling through right now the uh the the replies to mark cuban's tweet no i'm not going down there and you should not you should not not read them no Uh -uh. no i don't want to i can't do it but i'm just like how are these real people what is going on why do they all have fish in their uh avis or whatever the fuck we call them um yeah, it's uh, it's not good. There are a lot of dumb people out there. It's a, it's a hell world we live in. But thankfully, Mark Cuban is uh, is is on the right side of history on this one. I think. Um, like, the, why are they playing the anthem before these games, Katie? This is blowing my mind. What the fuck are they? Like, who's it for? Yeah, I think that's like a pretty good point. Um, because usually, I guess you could say like, oh, it's like part of a game getting underway, and it gives like time for whether it's like broadcast or fans to get to their seats or it like marks a certain time you should get to your seat. Like there's, I don't want to say rich. I mean, for some people it's ritual, but I think some, it's just kind of part of like the pregame theatrics that sort of like mark the beginning of the Mm -hmm. game. But now you don't need it. And I mean, you don't need it now politically just like considering. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't need it because they broadcast always skip the anthem anyway. It's a cold start regardless. So yeah. just like make it a gold start for players. It's yeah. going to be extremely bizarre if they're if one, they play the anthem and then the players do want to kneel. They're just kneeling for no one or they're kneeling because they know it's being broadcast. And like, that's an even weirder thing to get your head around because you're like, are they playing? Mm-hmm. Is the league playing the anthem just so they can show the players kneeling? Because that is virtue signaling to me, unless the players were like, we asked for mm-hmm. this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, unless the players view that as like a, a positive sort of thing that they can do and, and a show of, you know, symbolic support. Like, I think, yeah, there's no sense to have it. It's completely arcane to keep playing. And like you said, they don't even play these on TV more often than not. They play like the Canadian National Anthem on Hockey Night in Canada because Canada is uh, diseased in the brain. But um, like hockey fans are at least. But like. If you are ever at an NBA game, they play the anthem. They say the game starts at like tip is 740. They play the anthem at like 722. Like it's not like the broadcast hasn't even started yet when the anthem plays. It's just it's not part of the TV viewing experience. And if it's only for people who are in the arena, which is not playing it on TV suggests it is, then like, why are you doing it in the arena? Like with, for, for, for no fans, you know, I don't think you're playing it for the people on the weird wraparound screen. Um, it's, it's just very stupid. So uh, good job, Mark Cuban for calling that out. And uh, hopefully they don't play the anthem at all. And hopefully this can, the pandemic can be the beginning of the end for anthems at sporting events because it's uh, it's just completely uh, irrelevant and stupid and bad. And anyway, uh, that was a very long headline segment, Katie. We're going to get into some fun in the next segment. We're going to do another round of mascot theory. I'm not I'm still not going to tell you who it's about. It's going to be a secret unless you read the show notes in which we probably made, made note of uh, who we're talking about. But mascot theory coming up in just a second here on the podcast. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, Katie, it's time to bring back a favorite segment of the podcast, at least one of my favorite segments. I'm not sure if people actually liked it. I'm not sure if you even liked it, but it's one that I wanted to shoehorn back in and hopefully becomes a regular part of the show. It's Mascot Theory, where we talk about a mascot from the NBA or otherwise who is in the news and uh, break down their history and uh, discuss their relevance and uh, what they mean to us. Today's mascot is uh, not one of the NBA mascots, as I just alluded to, Katie. It is a mascot, however, that I figure is going to be featured prominently in the Disney restart and may have to stand in for some NBA mascots if there are no mascots down in the bubble, which I've heard mixed reports that maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. Um, But there is mascot, one mascot at least, who is definitely there. And that is, of course, Mickey Mouse. Katie, before we get into the history of Mickey Mickey Mouse, uh, what are your thoughts on Mickey Mouse? You've written your thoughts in our show notes, but why don't you share them with the world? This guy sucks. (laughs) I don't like Mickey Mouse. What is it about Mickey Mouse that you hate? Yeah, what is it? He's just very, like, cloying little freak. Uh, He feels, like, Mm -hmm. extremely... He's, like, a real capitalist icon to me. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not, like... I don't know. He he has like no personality really. I guess his personality yeah. is supposed to be that bland because he's kind of like Disney is is his personality. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've got some other guys that are like, you know, Donald Duck is kind of like befuddled, like George Costanza style like loser. Um mm-hmm. you've got, I don't know, I'm blanking on other mascots. You got Goofy, uh hard down on his luck, but committed single father uh yeah oh shucks goofy story you've got like so you've got Mm -hmm. some like strong personalities but mickey doesn't have any of those the only mickey i will say i've ever liked uh is in vegas they have fake mascots like people i guess have made their own mascot costumes and they kind of walk the strip Mm -hmm. in front of the bellagio fountains um and there's like a mickey (laughs) a mini i think there's a donald duck they go together but they look so warped like the Mickey was weirdly mm-hmm. so tall and thin, um, and its eye, its his eyes, the points of its eye were so small, like beady, um, and it just looked so twisted. But I thought that was perfect for Vegas. And then I, anyway, it was the only time I kind of enjoyed seeing Mickey because I was just like, this is, this is its own strange thing. But um, that mm-hmm. was an off-brand Mickey, and probably that person would get sued by Disney. So I don't like that either. (laughs) Oh, there's plenty in the Wikipedia page for Mickey Mouse on uh, different lawsuits and things like that. And yeah, the fact that uh, Disney owns the copyright to Mickey Mouse until Mickey Mouse is dead, uh, which obviously he will not die as he is an anthropomorphic mouse um, who uh, never ages. Uh, Let's get into the history of Mickey Mouse, of course. Uh, First, introduced to the world in 1928 which uh that's a long time ago but he uh was introduced to the world then as a replacement for a prior disney character oswald the lucky rabbit are you familiar with oswald the lucky rabbit who to me looks like a goddamn freak i'm not let me look it up okay you you would I think you'll recognize him. He's just like he appears in stuff. Uh, oh yeah, like, he's like mm. from those very very original. I like Disney this guy a lot better. Like that. Already, I like. Yeah, him. no, certainly, yeah. I, I think he's like, kind of menacing. A, a real sort of yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a real sort of like uh, again corporate ass move to go from Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who's kind of a 
kind of a wild card looking fellow to Mickey Mouse, who is just this milk toast uh, brand ambassador who is just a company man. Um, of course, he's been in a bazillion movies, none of them notable. I guess he's in Fantasia, um, but like he's not. None of his movies are good. I don't think. Like all of the other Disney characters of sort of the main group have better movies, and then of course all the Disney movies themselves are better than the Mickey Mouse movies as well. Um, the full length films he's appeared in have been Hollywood Party. Fantasia, Fun and Fancy Free, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a cameo, a goofy movie as a cameo, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, Fantasia 2000, Mickey's Magical Christmas, Mickey's House of Villains, Mickey, Donald, <laughs> Goofy, The Three Musketeers, uh, uh, a direct-to-TV movie, I believe, and Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Um, do you have a favorite of those movies? I don't think I've seen a single one of this outside of maybe Fantasia 2000. Uh, again, he's a bad character who doesn't lend him well to a full-length feature there's a reason he's been only or mostly in selected shorts what's the mickey's villains one what's that one uh the mickey's house of villains yeah that sounds intriguing but no i'm not going out of my way to watch any of these oh it's a mickey movie that features uh captain hook ursula (laughs) jafar cruella de vil the queen of hearts hades and i think that is hiss from like the snake from Robin Hood, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, so I mean, getting those characters in to lift up and carry Mickey is probably a good thing to do for a movie, I suppose. It's not a bad idea. But yeah, fuck Mickey Mouse. <laughs> He's around. He doesn't do much. That, that's kind of the theory on him. My question for you, Katie, is um, A, have you ever had a run in with Mickey Mouse? I know you've been to Disney before. Have you ever get, gotten a picture with Mickey Mouse, for example? Have you ever interacted with Mickey or have you just avoided him like the plague? I mean, I'd need to, I'm going to look this up just to be sure. So I'll have to mention this on a future pod because I have like my autograph book that I had when I went to Disney. Um, Okay. The meanest autograph of which was my brother signed it without my looking. (laughs) And I think he was like, you're a loser when he, after he said, Carl, your brother, you're a loser. Um, but no, I don't think I met Mickey. I think because he's kind of like, I think Mickey is not the one that's like wandering around the park. You know, you've got yeah. like more interesting, like outlier characters that run around that you can sort of run up to and get to sign. Mickey has like times, you know, you it's like Santa Claus. Like you've got to, Mickey will be at one place and then you have to be there lined up ready for Mickey. So I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. I like the more chaotic, chaotic mascots. I do uh, have a story about Mickey Mouse from someone in my family uh, that has been passed down through the years, the validity of which I don't have any reason to question, really, um, because why would you lie about this? So uh, when my mother was a young child, her and her brother, along with my grandparents, went down to Disney uh, for the first time, and it was they were there on a very hot summer day, and my uncle, who I guess probably would have been like six or seven at the time, uh, who's, you know, uh, I think he was a bit of a, a wild card child. At one point, I guess in the line where you meet Mickey, he, he kind of like came up behind Mickey and was like pulling on his like tail or on his like arm or something, being like, Mickey, Mickey, hey, Mickey, 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 Mickey. And uh, Mickey Mouse turned around, broke character and said, fuck off, kid, <laughs> to my uncle. <laughs> Which almost makes me like him a little bit, uh, but again, not the, that's not Mickey himself. That's just the dude who was in the costume who was probably a thousand degrees inside that thing and uh, was fed up with the annoying child. So, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the closest I've ever gotten to Mickey Mouse in my life. Uh, a little six, six degrees of separation there. Um, the reason I wanted to bring up Mickey, Katie, uh, in particular here is because Right now, obviously, we we're unsure as to what mascots are going to be and what their role will be inside the bubble. Are they going to appear on the video boards if they're not actually there? Uh, are they going to be offering up skits if the, you know a team is the home team? Is the entertainment going to be um, you know like a clutch the bear skit or something like that for the Rockets if they're the home team? Whatever it is, um, I find that to be fascinating. But if there are no mascots, I wonder if they may take advantage of the Disney mascots who are there. Yes, they might be busy working as for some reason Disney is open and fully up. Operational right now, so they might be out of pocket. But I do wonder if maybe some teams will sort of select mascots from the Disney catalog and have them represent their teams in the bubble. Uh, and my question to you, Katie, is which team would be most likely to select Mickey Mouse as their bubble mascot to stand in for their full time mascot who may or may not be there? This is easy. Obviously, it's the magic. Oh. Interesting. I think they try, like, I mean, they're sponsored by Disney. I feel like they kind of claim there's like a proprietal thing there. And I also feel like all the guys on that team would probably claim Mickey, most <laughs> of all Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Um, so I disagree a little bit, although I do understand, uh, the, just like the locality of it making sense. Uh, also I think the fact that like the DeVosses run that team, um, like Mickey Mouse is a DeVos ass mascot. I also think Mickey Mouse is a Tillman Fertitta ass mascot. Um, as we know, all the food in the Disney bubble was brought to you by Tillman Fertitta restaurants. Um, actually go listen to our pals on Round Ball Rock. They had Nick Weiger from the Doughboys podcast on their latest episode to talk about all of the Tillman Fertitta chains that are tied to uh, the bubble. Um, the, yeah, the, just the fact that Tillman Fertitta is that like he's a Mickey Mouse ass owner. They have uh, like they, there's an outsized sort of Rockets influence on the bubble as well. And I feel like Clutch the Bear deserves better. <laughs> and so maybe this is me just trying to send Clutch the Bear to a different team and, and you know, have him move, move from that equation and just inserting Mickey Mouse. But like just the way they carry themselves, you know, they're never the most compelling. They're always in your face, though. They're just always there. Um, they're never going to be your favorite or anything like that. They just kind of exist uh, to annoy more than anything else. I think that is uh, the Mickey Mouse spirit if I've ever seen it in a basketball team. Fair. I mean, Clutch the Bear kind of sucks, dude. Like, Clutch the Bear is not a cool mascot, so I don't know. Like, what? I don't. Okay, hold on. Clutch, clutch the Bear. Let's look up. Cool. Clutch the Bear. And the what's Clutch the Bear? He's cuddly. He has a name that's he tied has to nothing the to do with the Houston team, um, aside from his name. It's the most generic. I mean, I guess to I guess, it's furthers like, your point. It's like the most generic ass kind of mascot that they could pick so yes i do see them <laughs> aligned with disney in that sense but yeah clutch is not has like no personality whatsoever aside from being a pushover see i like i like a mascot that doesn't have much of a tie to the actual team i think it's fun i think it's silly and uh, like what else would you want for houston just like a walking oil rig no uh, like a, an alien. alien yeah an yeah. alien riding a rocket or something that's already a thousand times better Mm -hmm. whatever even like a get a cowboy get a big goofy looking <laughs> cow get a cowboy that rides a rocket instead of a horse there you go houston i just oh, came yeah. up with it for you 
Well, it sounds like we both both want Clutch the Bear no longer associated with Houston for a reason, just different reasons. Um, but yeah, Mickey. What's the least Mickey Mouse team? Huh. Probably like the Knicks. Just like mm, I was going to say like extremely chaotic. I don't mean like in terms mm-hmm. of like opposite on the personality spectrum, but just like too chaotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I was going to say like the Grizzlies cuz they're too cool for Mickey Mouse to even be within, you know, 100 yards of them. Um so that's Ryland. But that is the mascot theory segment for Mickey Mouse. Hopefully we never have to do another Disney character again unless it's like one of the princesses or something. Maybe they become a big part of the bubble. I don't know. Either way, uh, we're going to move on to a segment that I'm very excited about because of the secrecy involved. Katie, I think, uh, doesn't quite understand my uh, my affection for the secrecy that we've tied to this segment, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun either way. In the segment we're trying out on the other side, we're going to play a little game called Name That Team, but that doesn't really uh, just describe what it's about at all there's music involved it's gonna be fun stick around old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh heaven Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wish I had Jesse's girl. Where can I find a woman like that? Jesse's good. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Hassan Whiteside, for that beautiful lead-in to the segment. Um, if you missed it, go check out Hassan Whiteside's Instagram. Um, he was singing Jesse's Girl. Katie, you sent me this yesterday. It was the highlight of my day. Uh, what, 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 what's going it's so on good, with the man. song Whiteside? It's so good. You know, he just heard this. Like, I feel like he just heard it on the radio or somewhere like going in between places and he hasn't been able to get it out of his head because later on in that video, he's like going out onto his balcony in Disney to sing it like out into the world. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know. It's like at a different part in the song and he starts singing the chorus again. 
Um, but he's so impassioned mm. and he's like really he's like really singing like he's really wailing he's trying to like he kind of nails all the like tr- transitional <laughs> notes like he's he's like having a ball so uh i don't know it's perfect like it's mm-hmm. it's like a, it's an incredible thing you kind of oscillate on us on white side but this one i was just like no he's He's sealed the deal, man. He's in my heart forever. Yeah, he's really got that, like, headphones are in. And what in. a good song. <laughs> yeah, very good song. Has his, like, headphones are in, doesn't really realize how loud he's singing, mm-hmm. doesn't really care how loud he's singing, mm-hmm. kind of just, like, freedom to it. It's beautiful. Uh, and on that note, Katie, we have designed today's segment around Hassan Whiteside singing an 80s hit from, what's the guy's name again? Rich Springfield? Uh, Rick Springfield? That... That's correct. Jesse's girl from 1981. Rick Springfield. Uh, on that yeah. note, yeah, Rick Springfield. I don't know why I said Rich Springfield, but anyway, um, <laughs> there's uh, with that, yeah, we're going to get into a segment called Name That Team, which is a variation on Name That Tune. Basically, how this is going to work is Katie and I have each selected three. 80s hits, which, oh my god, going through some 80s songs this morning, what a decade. Uh, We have each selected three 80s hits. We do not know which song each of us has selected for the other to listen to, and how it's going to work is we're going to play a section of the song, and the, uh, the other person is going to name which team that song most embodies, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Katie, are you ready to get going with this? Yeah, first I have to say the name of the segment comes from a game called Name That Tune, which my father, the mm-hmm. DJ who was a DJ his whole life, uh, really utilized heavily as like a before dinner um, game to get people up and active <laughs> at functions. So shout out to the DJ God. That's his actual Instagram name, my dad. Excellent. Uh, the DJ God. That's incredible. Um, so, yeah, this, this segment brought to you by Katie's dad. Uh, no, just DJ God. DJ God. That, that's <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, so thanks to Katie's dad and to Hassan Whiteside for being the co-sponsors of this segment, I suppose. Um, Katie, would you like uh, one of my songs to be played for you first? Sure. Okay, uh, Dylan, our producer Dylan, we, he has the sections of each song that we've teed up, ready to go. Fire away with my first song, Dylan. Oh man, that song rips. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Of course, uh, Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money is the song. Katie, what is the team? I don't know why, but Eddie Money has always struck me as like a real kind of blue collar, like steel worker, uh-huh. <laughs> like steel working <laughs> tunes. Um, and I picture this is just like a guy, he's like sweating. He's getting off the clock at the steel working mill. There's sparks flying everywhere. So unfortunately, there's no like Pittsburgh team. So I got to mm-hmm. go, I guess, like as adjacent to that um, as I think. So I think it's the Sixers. Okay. Um, so I'm wondering, okay, what I was going to do before I, I, I should have said this, I was going to read some of the lyrics to maybe help inform your decision, but if you're fully in on the Sixers. No, no, no. I know all the lyrics to. to that song. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I know it. I could sing along to that. I must sound white side to that song. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's good. 
they're they're close enough to the steel belts. Yeah, I thought you were going to go Cleveland for a second, which I don't think we've mentioned the Cleveland Cavaliers on this podcast now in twelve episodes. No. So congrats to them. No. Well, we for just yeah, congrats to the longest streak. Yeah, uh. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a that's a good runner up. But I'm going to stick with like um, I'm going to stick with Philly. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, th- this 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 uh, verse from the song sounds very much. <laughs> Sixers adjacent kind of like the way Sixers fans feel at all times uh, I get frightened in all this darkness I get nightmares I hate to sleep alone I need some company a guardian angel to keep me warm when the cold winds blow yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it fits yeah just it sums up the, the the company the guardian angel here for the Sixers is of course uh, the process itself uh, that sort of reignited that fan base after years of despair um that's a good one all right katie what's your first song for me let's hear it hit it Okay, so I don't know. So this, I should probably. You know what song it is, right? <laughs> no, I don't know like any '80s songs. Oh my um, god, you don't know this song? No. Okay, <laughs> I know. I it's Kate Bush running up that hill, man. Placebo is the band, right? Is that? It's Kate Bush. But yeah, is is Placebo the actual artist? No, Who's it's Kate, Kate Bush. Bush. Who's Kate Bush? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> Wow. Kate Bush. Wow. Uh, She's just okay. like a, a very, a very mystical, okay, I have the forever up. mystical like personality. Um, so keep that in <laughs> mind. That's very important. <laughs> okay. Do you know, do you, okay, I'm going to read the lyrics out just so I have it kind of in my head again. You don't need to read them. Everyone knows Kate Bush except for you. Apparently. Um, so the song is called Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God, in brackets, of course. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew I was going to expose my uh, lack of 80s knowledge. We should have Jake or Blake on this one to sort of help with the music. But um, yeah, it doesn't hurt me. Do you want to know how it feels? Do you want to know Know that it doesn't hurt me? Do you want to hear about the deal that I'm making? You, it's you and me. Um, uh, this is tricky. I want to say this sounds as though, you know, Kate Bush really wants to be in a better place that that she's in right now. And to me, this feels like the Washington Wizards, a team that has high intentions, has aspirations, has like on their roster, good players who in theory, if all healthy, they would be in a swapped place and would be sort of more set up for success. But instead, the uh, sort of deal with the devil they've made has led them to injuries and uh, cap nightmares and things like that. Um, also, there's a line in here that says, but see how deep the bullet lies. Uh, that seems like a tie back to the 90s uh, bullets. And they're sort of huh. stuck in that way of losing while also trying to leave it behind. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Washington Wizards are this song by Kate Bush that I apparently did not know. And I'm sorry, Katie. My runner up is OKC. Because I feel like it's such a painful song. Um, it really resonates the Russell KD fallout and Harden to a degree. And there's a reference in the lyrics to Thunder. <laughs> so fair enough. Okay. Um that that's not a bad pick either. Uh hopefully I know your other two songs. <sighs> we'll Jeez. see. Uh that that's up for debate. Let's go <laughs> to the next song uh, that I have for you, Katie. Got control. 
This is easy. It's Miami Heat. Oh, <laughs> of course, the song is Sunglasses at Night for the uh, non-80s people out there uh, <laughs> by Corey Hart. Why is it the Miami Heat, Katie? Because you're wearing your sunglasses at night. <laughs> <laughs> In Miami, <laughs> driving around in your convertible, your Jimmy Butler, you're just dancing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's like a it's like a song of a like a hot summer night, and you're feeling dangerous. That's why. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. I was also kind of thinking the lyrics here maybe suggesting the idea of wearing sunglasses at night, um, or sort of a, a way of concealing who you truly are. Maybe it's sort of a team that. Uh, professes to be one thing when they're re- really not. Um, so, like, I'm trying to think of like maybe this is the Knicks let, to tie them back in a little bit. Like, they're a team that professes to be this. <laughs> oh, look at us! We're the Knicks. We're gonna get all these free agents. KD's signing here for sure. But actually, underneath there, it's just James Dolan who's wearing the sunglasses. He um, probably is, yeah, because he's like, oh, I need to be, <laughs> I need to be anonymous. No one will recognize me if I have sunglasses on. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. The Miami Heat, easy mm-hmm. pick, great. Uh, let's go to Katie's next song for me. I guess I should know by the way you popped your car sideways at a wooden mask. It's the other kind of person that believes in making out once, love them and leave them fast. Little Red Corvette, hell, I know that song. Man. I've got chills. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, my God. Uh, I am going to say that this song is specifically, and we try to not keep this too Raptors heavy, but I think this fits very well. I think this is specifically the 2018-19 NBA champion Toronto Raptors. Please Um, explain. You know, it's a very fast, it's a quick, fast love that was incredible. (laughs) Um, You know, like that team was the little red Corvette of teams in that they were the fucking best. Um, And I think, you know, the... I think this sort of idea of moving on to some something that's going to last, if we're going with that lyricism, maybe refers to the Raptors now and the Raptors fans now having a team that is a little bit more sort of set up for the future. We know what Pascal Siakam, OG, and Anobi and sort of the future the team is going to look like. And this is now a team that you can really grow to love deeply as opposed to the maybe sort of surface love that Kawhi Leonard provided doesn't mean it was any less wonderful or enjoyable. Uh, it was owning a little red Corvette for a year, but then you sold it for just like a really, really nice uh, sedan that get, gets the job done that you can grow to love to take on long road trips uh, and build a relationship with. So that's my answer. Uh, I like that. Like, I like that a lot, actually. I like it because I think to me, always intrinsic in this song, like even the experience of listening to this song is like, there's, it's, there's heartbreak in it one because it's gonna end and it's like one of the most perfect mm-hmm. songs in existence but also i think the story of the song is so much like about heartbreak so you get through that like stellar season the championship run and like Kawhi doesn't i mean there's a lot of uncertainties mm-hmm. you don't know what's gonna happen but then Kawhi doesn't end up staying and you had to go through the heartbreak of losing demar Rosa to get it too so i think i think that's a pretty good pick Excellent. Uh, let's Google go on to my final song for you, Katie. I will tell you, that I, I Googled Rolling Stone's worst songs of the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> as it turns out, it turned up 10 fucking bangers. And I picked the top banger on the list of the worst songs of the 1980s. Um, if you're talking worst music videos of the 1980s, I can maybe get on board with this one. But the song itself is quite dope. Uh, Dylan, fire away. <laughs> We built this city on rock and roll. 
<laughs> oh my god. Of course the song dude. is We Built the City by Starship. The worst song of the eighties, according to Rolling Stone, who are wrong. Uh <laughs> what team is We Built This City, Katie? Unfortunately, the only association, well, the most, like the strongest and lasting association I have with the song is the diplomats used this, uh, like a cut of this in a song called We Built the City, <laughs> but it's, they cut it, We Built the City on rock, like crack. But because of that and the diplomats, it got, it's got to be the Knicks for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think there's this kind of like sprightly, joy in the song that you're like oh it's so simple it's like so poppy and like shiny and great and then you kind of go below the surface and you're like this song's fucking crazy (laughs) yeah it also i think goes to the you know like we talked about with sunglasses at night i can't believe i picked two nick songs for you um yeah man but the uh (laughs) i i I think um like it goes to the idea that like the nicks have this like aggrandized belief of who they are and what they mean to the city and like I, th- I feel like they would look back and say like oh yeah like the Willis Reed championship teams like they built this city and turned like Madison Square Garden into the center of the sports universe when actually uh, they've been an embarrassment for the last 40 or close to 50 years now and they they don't deserve that built this city uh, sort of stature within New York uh, lots of other things have built that city as well uh, as it turns out um, is there a second team just to vary it up so you don't have two Knicks that this song would apply to? I didn't have two Knicks. You had one. I had the Heat for sunglasses at night, but there you decided. Oh, that's the right. Knicks. Never mind. I'm stupid. I'm sorry for accusing you of that. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't because I know my picks. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not really. No, the Knicks is like real perfect for that one, and I encourage everyone okay. to listen to the Diplomats version as well. I'm gonna do that right when we finish up this uh, this great. podcast. Uh, great. You have one you have one more song for me, yeah, correct? I've got one more great song. Let's hit it. Perfect song also. So we got Talking Heads. Uh, yeah. I know yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah. The name of the song is This Must, this be, must the place. be the Place. Yeah. All right. Whew. Home is where I want to be. Pick me up and turn me around. I feel numb, born with a weak heart. I guess I must be having fun. The less we say about it, the better. Make it up as we go along. Feet on the ground, head in the sky. It's okay. I know nothing's wrong. Nothing. Oh, I've got plenty of time. Oh, you've got the light in your eyes. Oh, you're standing here beside me. I love the passing time. Never for money, always for love. Cover up and say goodnight. Say goodnight. Um, boy, the talk of home being where you want to be did kind of make me think of the Philadelphia 76ers as well because of the... Uh, like again, they're very good at home. They suck on the road. They just want to be where it's comfortable and, and cozy and and you know familiar. Um, like they kind of lose me as the lyrics go on here, and I'm not entirely sure where to land. Again, I think it's it has a to really be a thoughtful team. song. It is. It is. I also like the yeah. idea of yeah, they yeah. make it up as we go along, feet in the ground, head in the sky. Um, you know, it kind of feels like a basketball sort of ethos. And mm-hmm. with that, I think I'm going to say that this is like the pre-Kevin Durant 
Golden State Warriors when they loved playing at Oracle. Oracle was this like magical sort of kingdom in which they would just destroy any team that came through. They played this improvisation improvisational style that was beautiful and exciting and fun. And it seemed at the time like they had plenty of time to build and grow together. Of course, it would crash and burn very quickly. But I do think uh, that, co- that that covers the pre-Durant Warriors pretty nicely. Do you uh, disagree or uh, am I kind of on the right track there? Mm, no, I think I think that's like a pretty good read. I think there's something very mm-hmm. like lofty. Well, to me, there's something really lofty um, and, and beautiful and like pretty dreamy about this song. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean... I wouldn't say I'm a Warriors fan, but you can't deny that just like the, it is that kind of basketball, just like, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a certain per, like there was like a certain perfection, like element of perfection to it. But there was also like they were so good that they could kind of make it up as they went along. Sometimes it looked like they were just like playing and having fun, but they knew everything would work out. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good read. That was a hard one. Excellent. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Uh, Great segment, Katie. That was a lot of fun. Uh, And I'm glad I knew two of the three bands, at least. I was not sure the name of the Talking Heads song when it came on, but um, God, the intro. Gotta love that intro. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Clearly, I love a long intro. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with a long intro. Like the weird little sort of flourishes of like guitar and like strange instrumentation gotta love it there's nothing wrong with that the 80s what a decade um let's uh dive into our posters of the week katie wrap up the show the way we always do uh with the best social posters of the last week on nba internet who do you have as your poster of the week oh i have Hassan Whiteside, white side 100 percent. okay yeah fair enough <laughs> <laughs> inspired an entire segment one of the better segments we've done so i think that is a fair pick um anything to add on hassan whiteside and your your feelings on him and how they've grown over the last couple days here gotta go watch that video (laughs) if you haven't seen it everybody um my poster of the week is not a player it is a media member and it is ben golliver uh, of a sport of the Washington Post, I believe he's one of the media members down there in the bubble, um, and he's been posting uh, pretty uh, unhingedly. I think he posted a, a video. I think just after we finished recording last week, of him in his room, still in quarantine, unable to leave his room, kind of going crazy, and he uh, decided to invent a sport called uh, bed planking, where he did a plank between both the beds in his hotel room and uh, filmed it himself. And just, uh, I hope Ben's okay. I, I, I've, I've met Ben a few times. He's a very nice fellow, extremely tall man. And I hope he's, uh, he's doing okay because boy, uh, it seems like kind of an insane existence to be a media member in this thing where your access kind of sucks. You have to quarantine by yourself. You don't have like a team to sort of rally around you. You're basically just like this liaison for your media outlet and uh, just kind of sitting there and surviving. So shouts to the media members who are down there. I do not envy you, uh, but I also am like it's kind of like fiendishly excited for more deranged posts from the likes of Ben Golliver and friends because uh, it is fun to, <laughs> as long as they're doing okay, it is fun to see uh, life inside the bubble for the media. Um, Katie? And if you guys want out, you can just tag me in. Yeah, yeah. I, again, like, 
we talked about this, maybe not in this show, but we have talked about this. You would be like the perfect person to cover this because you have like a critical eye on this type of thing. Thank you. Um, I know. And I think would do a good job of capturing all of the elements, not just the basketball elements. But um, I'm also uh, glad that you don't have to go down there uh, because it seems like kind of a nightmare. But if you want to go down there, if someone wants to pay for you, I think it would be good on them to do that, uh, to, to send the best writer in the world down there. That's what you are, Katie. The best writer in the world. Thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> on that note, does the best writer in the world have, have anything that uh, you would like to plug? Do you know what? Weirdly, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can go back to... I think this went... I think this was after our show last week, so I can't plug it. But I wrote... Um, like a, my first long form feature for Dime on uh, the MBA's efforts kind of around mental health and mental health awareness. It started basically as like their official mental health awareness month is in May, but with the more, you know, things, life and bad things and everything kept happening, uh, the more it was impossible to basically define it to a month. So I kind of explored the challenges of that. I talked to the executive director of mental health and wellness at the MBPA. Um, I talked to the senior VP of player development at the NBA. And I talked to the King's Kyle guy who lost his grandfather to COVID uh, and is just like the most, one of the most like thoughtful and like candid uh, people I've ever spoken with. Amazing. A wonderful piece. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Read Katie. Everything Katie writes. It's all so, so very good. Um, that is, uh, yeah, I don't have much to plug. I have Locked on Raptors. If you want to listen to that, we're getting ready for the season. We're having some fun over there. Katie was on on Monday and we did some mailbag questions, talked about John Wiggins getting a very cool promotion within the Raptors organization. If you want to go check that out. Um, also, uh, please subscribe, rate and review uh, this podcast on all the podcast platforms. We could definitely use some nice reviews reviews um that's always uh, nice and helps us out and all that good stuff it makes us feel good about ourselves more than anything um you can also uh check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash basketball with two h's as always four bucks gets you in the discord chat uh it gets you access once we get there to monthly mailbag episodes and uh maybe some access to some fun interesting events as we teased earlier in the show that uh you should definitely get on board with so please consider throwing us a few shekels over there at patreon.com slash uh, basketball and that is gonna do it thank you so much for listening thanks to dylan sean clay jess michelle the entire space monkey crew for allowing us to put this podcast on for you and uh also big thanks to uh to, wait who am I, I, th- I thanked everybody what am i saying also so listen to the other stringer podcasts including Sportsfeld and columbia house party uh it's uh it's much appreciated when you take a listen to those shows too how about the entire family that's gonna do it we will talk to you again next week with another episode of uh basketball here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.